the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this week's edition of Colorado Issues. I'm your host, David Van Zetter. If you're seeking out a religious or a spiritual connection in your life, at the minimum, it should be a warm, welcoming, and fulfilling environment. But sadly, that's not always the case. When the people running the church, synagogue, temple, lodge, or whatever, elevate their importance to a higher point than the religious or spiritual purpose, warning signs should be clear. Certainly, many of you remember the death of over 900 members of Jim Jones' People's Church in Georgetown, Guyana. They drank cyanide-laced Kool-Aid at the command of Reverend Jones. And who can forget the heart-wrenching image of the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas, engulfed in flames with 76 followers inside, many of them children. More recently, many of you will recall the unfortunate deaths of two participants who died while taking part in a spiritual warrior retreat near Sedona, Arizona. They died in the sweat lodge being run by James Arthur Ray. Joining me today are Heidi and Pat Knapp of About Becoming Free. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for being here. Sure. Yes. Thank you for having Good to us. Be here. So that wasn't a very pretty landscape that I just outlined. And, and that's the extreme. I mean, that's not what we're necessarily yes. going to talk mm-hmm. about. But uh, tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to About Becoming Free. Um, yeah, as far as my background... I'm Heidi Knapp, and in the early 70s, I became involved in an organization called Shiloh. It was a Christian-based organization, and Shiloh, what is now commonly referred to as a high-demand group, it um, encouraged communal living with, um, kind of based on the Book of Acts, you know, all things in common, joining together, and they just took that to a level of living together to do the work of of God or Christ in your life. But the idea of following Christ was just more or less an idea with Shiloh. As I got involved in the group, it I really, as time went on, I could see it was more about recruiting people for Shiloh and promoting Shiloh and the organization itself. We worked long hours. They discouraged formal education. It really encouraged reading their material and their material alone. And our lives were pretty much micromanaged as far as where we lived, what kind of jobs we did. And eventually that led me into a marriage that was a very top-down abusive marriage. And after I got out of this group, then eventually ended up in a divorce situation and lived as a single mom while I worked through and processed recovering from that situation, that that experience. That's not an uncommon story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, you're obviously a very intelligent person, and you went in eyes wide open, and on, on the surface and appearances, it didn't, didn't seem to be anything untoward. But it sort of evolved to that. 
That's a really, really good point, um, David. Thank you. I, when I first joined, um, I joined because it looked so appealing. They were doing such a great work. They were taking people in off the street. They were clothing them, giving them food, shelter, sharing a genuine heart of the gospel, it looked like at first with them. But the more I progressed in this organization, the longer the work hours, the more turning over your paycheck, the more there was micromanaging, um, less outside influence. We were never completely cut off from visiting our families or anything like that, but there was just sort of a, a definite sense of Shiloh was the way, and you stayed with that if you truly wanted to follow Christ. So it was a, a certain propaganda that they pushed that as a young, very young person, because I was a teenager when I joined, that, you know, I believed it, and it sounded good. So in retrospect, and it's always, yeah. hindsight is always twenty twenty. where was that fulcrum point where it seemed like Shiloh was putting itself ahead of the, of the original intended purpose of, of, of a religious effort? Sure, good question. At the very, uh, I had been in, involved in this group for four years, and towards the very <laughs> end, the Shiloh had been around for 10 years, and I'd been there for four, the last four, and the leader was actually confronted for things that he was becoming more and more extreme in and uh, mismanaging of the finances, living, he was living very lavishly while the rest of us were working very hard and uh, putting in these long hours, he um, was starting to kind of go off in a direction with uh, last day's prophecies and also the, the harsh leadership style, the, the top-down leadership style. So as Shiloh moved more and more forward, more and more people were becoming very discontented. And in Shiloh, the good thing was that the higher-level leadership did confront this man. It crumbled and when it crumbled, so many people realized that it was a fraudulent, there was kind of like a fraudulent base to the whole organization, and it was a big wake-up call. And it probably left you pretty damaged. Yes, in a lot of ways, especially because it moved me into an abusive marriage that eventually I went through a divorce and then really felt like after that went through a lot of recovery with counseling and as we're both going to share our <laughs> workshops and reading material and education and eventually, you know, as many years went by, layers and layers of recovery happened in my life. But that's a little bit of synopsis of my story. Got it. So now let's, let's switch over to Pat. Sure. What's your story? A similar story? Well, it's similar. It's different. For me, uh, my interest in the work that we do with Becoming Free developed again out of my own experience and recovery from religious or spiritual abuse as part of what is now known as kind of the Jesus Freak movement uh, back in the late 60s. I had joined in 19... 19- 69. I joined a uh, Christian church that I thought at the time was healthy. Over the course of time, it became more and more aberrant and abusive. Eventually, we gave up all goals toward furthering our education. We were encouraged to reject our families, friends outside of the group. There was a period of time of six and a half years where I had no contact with any of my family members that all live locally. 
there was an exclusive devotion to the to the leader and bottom line I just kind of lost my own self-identity and I was in that for 13 and a half years finally got out in January of 84 and um, the result of that has been 34 years now of processing that thinking through not only the belief system but thinking through the behavior of the group my own behavior and uh, trying to find ways in which I can become a healthier person and a more authentic Christian as opposed to something which was very artificial looking back at it. Yes, exactly. And you have to relearn when you become a Christian in a group like that, which was both of our experiences, we had to relearn what is authentic, what does a healthy form of Christianity really look like versus the unhealthy one that we started uh, in our Christian faith in. And so that takes a lot of years, and we've come up with now a strategy that we are able to help others with through our organization becoming free as to what does a healthy group look like versus what does an unhealthy group look like. And to be able to apply that, people learning to apply that when they go out and they're going to, after coming out of an aberrant group, now choose a group or a church that's actually going to have healthy traits and provide a, a healthy contribution into their lives. You know, and I just want to just, just take a step back, you know, because we're talking about the, the Christian church experiences that, that you had, but there are many other pitfalls out there. Yeah. I mean, I remember growing up as a kid, you know, going to the airport and there were the Hare Krishnas there and you had the, the Moonies and, you know, those kinds of, of uh Cults and 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 uh, kids get sucked up into those things even today. And, and you know, in doing some research on my own, I found it, we we had a, a show here. Uh, we did a topic uh, a few months about a month ago on human trafficking, mm-hmm. and the recruiting methods were almost identical. Yeah. So they're finding kids who are, you know, ha- they have self self esteem issues. They they and, and they just zero right in on that, and they they attack that, and they they pump them up and suck them in. So are you finding that that's true across the board in, in what you're working with? Well, you know, absolutely. I mean, I, I, we know from families that we've worked with um, that have uh, ha- have young, their sons or their daughters that are actually in groups or have been in groups, they were recruited, you're right, on college campuses even, um, just drawn in because they're, yeah, they're naive to those things or they're yeah. lonely or they just, you know, like even when I think back way back on my experience 40 some years ago as a a young teenager I was just looking for a belonging looking to you know grow in my Christian faith but did I know anything about discerning um, a good group from a non you know a group that was going to cause damage no and I think that a lot of groups do go after the young uneducated spiritually uneducated young people they're unaware How prevalent is this problem? It's incredibly prevalent, particularly in the Denver metro area. The two areas over the years that uh, work in this field, and uh, I've been in it really since 84, the the two areas where you have an incredible number of people that are affected by um, groups that are uh, abusive, Uh, certainly the Denver metro area, Boulder's huge, uh, Santa Cruz in California, that area, 
absolutely a lot going on. College towns. College towns very commonly, although it's really moved beyond the the college town kind of uh, venue. I mean, Margaret Singer, uh, one of the earlier um, frontier um, researchers uh, from out of California that did a lot of work in this area, she identified, I believe, over 3,000, and I think probably is closer to four or five now, of various groups that would very easily depending on what your criteria is for how you define a destructive group. Certainly, behaviors are important, uh, and I think beliefs are important both. It's really a dual grid that has to be looked at. Let's fast forward just a little bit. How does somebody coming out of that situation or somebody mired in that situation that wants out or wants help, how do they reach out to you? Well, there's a variety of ways. Uh, we have a website. Uh, it's www.becomingfree.org org and uh that's one way we have a email address of uh becoming free dot org at gmail dot com uh we have a phone number uh that we uh, give out of seven two oh two two seven eighty six ninety five uh, Everyone's scrambling for pens and pencils right now, so we're going to give you a chance to give sure. that a second time in case they, yeah. you know, of course, our, none of our pens ever write anymore because we all use our s- cell phones. So yes. Let's, <laughs> give them, let's give them a chance to get that a second time. We'll, we'll do Absolutely. that at the end. Yeah. Go ahead. So. Good. So, you know, and a lot of, uh, because we um, have spoken at a lot of different conferences and at various churches, we get a lot of uh, personal referrals, uh, mm-hmm. families and yeah, friends. Uh, will refer people they know that um, have need of recovery from what we would term spiritual or religious abuse. Uh, so a lot of it is through uh, word of mouth, through mm-hmm. referral. Uh, we've also connected with uh, several organizations, very good organizations, uh, one of which uh, is a secular organization specifically. It's called the International Cultic Studies Association, ICSA for short. Excellent uh, organization that is uh, an international uh, organization that uh, does a lot of work in the area of education and providing um, uh, support services, various support services for those that need recovery from religious or spiritual abuse. Uh, We also work with uh, the AACC. We've um, been recently to one of their conferences, uh, Mm -hmm. the American Association of Christian Counselors, uh, also, several other Christian organizations we have contact with. So. Give me a, an example of a successful intervention, a situation where you've, you've, you've been engaged to help somebody and they go through that process, and what does that look like start to finish? Well, and again, I think uh, it's important that uh, terms are defined clearly. Uh, we technically don't do inter- intervention. Uh, there certainly will be in this uh, upcoming conference um, – that we're going to be offering on the 21st of, um, of April, a fellow who has been doing interventions for nearly 40 years, a fellow named David Clark. And he will be actually at our conference where he actually directly works with people that are not yet out or just barely out. Our role is really more directly to helping them recover once they're out. And what that looks like, you ask the question, what does it look like? We have in the past uh, mm-hmm. certainly done a lot of support and recovery groups. Matter of fact, uh, I was asked a short time ago to contribute a chapter to this book uh, that ICSA has put out called Cult Recovery, a Clinician's Guide to Working with Former Members and Families. 
That's an excellent uh, book, again, from a secular perspective, but still excellent work. So one of the chapters in there, I think it's chapter 14 that I wrote on, was on the subject of how to develop these support and recovery groups. That's one area. Another area that we do. Go ahead, Heidi. Yeah, and I just wanted to say, too, that, um, you know, even before uh, people maybe with us go into a group, one of our support groups, Currently, we just encourage people to give us a call. Call us up, and we'll consult over the phone and kind of get a more idea of where they're at, what their needs are, what type of group they've been involved in. We do the support and recovery groups upon occasion. We do the special events that that we have coming up on April 21st where we're having this one-day educational conference where people can come to those and hear a variety of speakers as well as meet other people that have come out of groups themselves. That's always very helpful. And we also do life coaching, and that has been something that we've really been very enriched ourselves doing a personal life coaching with people over the last couple of years. Um, and that is more of a one-on-one or two-on-one if we're working with a couple, two-on-two, you know, we'll Pat and I will meet together with a couple. And that is more of a personal recovery journey where we can find out what they need specifically and more personally work with them on issues that are very important to them uh, individually or as a couple, whereas our support groups cover more general topics but still are very beneficial. Let's just take it to the the happy conclusion where somebody comes into your Mm-hmm. your view, and, and you're able to assist them and, and help them recover from this experience. Your approach, the, they should probably find something spiritually that replaces that bad experience right away, like falling off the horse, that whole that analogy. Or are these people gun-shy and they don't want anything to do with it for a while? Maybe you have both. I mean, I don't we know. We have both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both. Absolutely. Yeah, I think more often than not, people, particularly if they come out of a Bible-based group of some sort, they're much less inclined to want to talk theology or to talk Bible or to talk, you know, about religious matters at all, in which case we've had groups that uh, we haven't touched upon that at all. And other groups where they've come forward and said, you know, we really want this. Yeah. We really need to process right. uh, the twisted scripture that was there that we know is twisted, but we don't understand it. Um, so it'll it'll yeah. vary depending on the uh, needs of the group or the needs of the, the individual. individual that we're speaking yeah. with. And often people in particular that seem to have come out of um, Christian aberrant churches or groups, you know, they don't want to throw away their relationship with God. They really, a lot of them, yeah. there are some, like you said, Pat, that don't want to touch the issue, but there's many that say, you know, I I do believe in God. I do believe in Jesus Christ. I want to be able to hold on to that, but I feel like I'm a mess inside. And how do I go back to church without being triggered left and right from scriptures that were used in my my group? The anxiety level must be very high. It's very high. It is very high. And we One of the things we do is walk them through some strategies on how they might, after going through some basics of recovery, of course, then we walk them through, if if they want this, to walk them through some strategies about how to go, what to look for in a church, and also then how to go into that church with some uh, self-protection, ways to kind of uh, sort through what they're hearing, Uh, ways to process some of their triggers, and um, occasionally in some of our groups, we've also 
uh, taken from our group members certain scriptures that were particularly problematic in their group. And then as a in a safe environment in our support group, we will go to those scriptures and in a way that's theologically sound, we will help to identify the correct view of that scripture versus the incorrect way it was being used in their group. And some of our people have found that tremendously helpful. And we only go there if the individual chooses to or wants to. We never force yeah. that on anybody. It's always yeah. a choice on their yeah. part. That's got to be a big hurdle for them to get to that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just one more thought that I think would be helpful to kind of point out. We don't exclusively work with people that come out of Bible-based groups. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we've Very had good. a broad range of folks that have uh, come through our support groups and that we've worked with, some from a Jehovah Witness background, mm-hmm. some uh, Mormon. Scientology. Scientology. That's a big um, one. People, you know, because yeah. of the entertainment industries, uh, there's a lot of people involved in that. So, Absolutely huge. Also, um, we've had uh, one lady, actually, that is uh, going to be speaking again at our conference that uh-huh. came out of Waco. Uh, she uh, she, and her, she and her sister both came out, and they, they lost relatives in the fire. Lucky to be alive themselves, yes, I'm sure. exactly. So it's, uh, it's much broader than just a um, Bible-based Yes. Folks that we work, yeah. we work that we yeah. work with. Yeah. yeah. So these victims, focus. these victims yes. are, are victims of, of an attack on their spirituality, whatever form that may come from a church yes. or a, yeah. you mm-hmm. know self help organizations that that's yep. true too. Absolutely. They can come out of Absolutely. new age groups. So, Absolutely. So let's talk about this one day educational conference because mm-hmm. it's coming up, and we're we're about. To, I told you to go quick, didn't I? We're about <laughs> to run out of time. So give me the the quick and dirty elevator pitch on on what's going on at that conference and. <laughs> And how to, if you can do that, I don't know if you can do it. Elevator pitch, yes. Here it comes. Oh, okay. he's got the elevator pitch. In got the elevator I'm pitch right here in my hand. I'm really impressed. Uh, there it is. All right. Uh, April 21st, Saturday, 9 to 5 o'clock. The cost is 20, uh, $25 a person. It's going to be at the Hampton Inn and Suites at 7611 Schaefer Parkway in Littleton. That's right off of Coal Mine and C470. Uh, we encourage people to pre-register the website, uh, the web page to pre-register on is www.becomingfree.org forward slash events, and that will walk you through the registration process. We have, uh, there'll be six of us actually that'll be speaking at the conference. As I mentioned, uh, the thought reform consultant, uh, the interventionist uh, that works with uh, Folks, David Clark will be there. Doug File will be there. He's the executive director of the uh, Southwest Counseling Association, Southwest Counseling Associates, pardon me, in Lakewood. Uh, Heidi and I will be there. Also, uh, Grace Adams and uh, Poya um, uh, Alpha that came out of the Branch Davidians will be there. So um, it's going to be a full day between mm-hmm. 9 and 5. We'll be discussing a lot of questions, we'll be sharing quite a bit, and a lot of time for for folks to ask questions. Absolutely. We absolutely yes. want to be available mm-hmm. for that. Yes. Yeah. And if somebody can't make it to this conference, but they may have a need to reach out to you, let's go over those numbers that we, we said earlier. We promised we would redo. Yes. Promise kept. Let's, let's redo okay. it. Uh, website again is www.becomingfree.org. <clears throat> um, the email address is becomingfree.org at gmail.com. And our phone number is 720-227-8695. One thing that I would like to say is that, you know, there um, we have such 
we have some really terrific speakers, and it's going to cover whatever type of group you have come out of um, or have a loved one that's maybe involved and you have concerns. There's going to be benefit for everyone in any type of group. We're going to cover a variety of different strategies, behaviors, things that would pertain to, to many. So we would just encourage people, even if you haven't, I'm out of a Christian-based group, as Pat was just sharing. We work with people from a variety of different types of groups and just really want this to be a very enriching experience for anyone that comes. And a lot of the material will not just be in identifying what does an unhealthy group look like, but how does one recover? Exactly. Very true. Very important. That's and the key. Yes. yes. Okay, Nobody end, wants it to go to waste. At the end of the day, <laughs> that's, that's right. your, your bottom line goal. And, and To help people recover, yes. I, I think it's just absolutely outstanding what you guys are doing. I'm, I, You know, this came to us very quickly. We didn't have a lot of time to prepare for this. But I, in reviewing your materials, I'm just so impressed with what, you, what you're doing. And it's such an important need. And people don't even realize that what's going on out there. So I thank you both. Thank you. Uh, Pat and Heidi Knapp, thank you so much for taking time to sit with me today. And maybe we'll revisit this in the future and, and see how things are going. Wonderful. So was, thank you. It was our pleasure. And thank you, David. Absolutely. Thank you, David. Appreciate the invite. My pleasure. For Colorado Great. Issues, I'm David Venzetter. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. Thank you.